In this episode, Dr. Cashew talks about one of his favorite things, smart people doing dumb stuff. Do you know how many people get frustrated and regress in their weight loss journey? A lot. Do you know where a good percentage of that frustration comes from? Losing weight. Strange. But even stranger, this comes from some of the most competent people. It turns out, if they lose weight slower or in a more seesaw fashion than they demanded of themselves, they manage to turn an objective success into a subjective failure. Their distorted belief about weight loss incurred a negative opinion about a positive result, and now they think they failed. And when intelligent and competent people fail, they act like anyone else. They get cranky, throw fits, and sometimes give up. Ew. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to... <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And I am your co-host, Dr. Tiny T. Tiny T is back. He is going to be around for quite a while today. Okay, hopping right into it today. Hopping right into it. Here is what you'll be learning. TKN's SRO model, again and again. If you get sick of these reviews of SRO, good. Burn it into the old noggin, okay? <laughs> Next, the BS holding humanity together. The BS holding humanity together. And the two main components, the two main components of humanity's BS. The rational, flexible, and scientific component of humanity's BS, and the distorted, rigid, and impulsive component of humanity's BS. Mm. Okay. Each lesson, each lesson, you'll condense this more and more until you get all the many years of theory, programming, and practice into a neat little diagram and a few short seconds. Okay. We'll get into that schematic cognitive schema fancy words get into that stuff soon this is how you carry sro with you so that you can use it to your advantage simply and effectively sound fair enough sound fair enough plus it's good practice for all parties involved so technical terms okay after this lesson you're ready to put the sro model to work in your life and subsequent lessons are showing examples of this especially if especially if food makes you frustrated eating makes you feel guilty and your body makes you anxious and self-conscious, okay? Now in this series, in this series, introducing you to, to TCAN's SRO model, continuing from, again, the previous lessons, <laughs> that there are a few components to this. Make sure I got everything in frame here. Yes, this is good. There are S's. There are S's. Stimuli in your life. Frustrating stimuli as it were, okay? Especially frustrating stimuli. Something, anything getting in the way of what you want. Now, when a frustration presents itself, you make an inference about this frustration, right? You, you have a thought about it, that thought gives rise to a feeling, and that feeling gives rise to an urge, okay? So, it presents itself, you make an inference, you have thoughts about it, what you think about it determines how you feel, and that feeling indicates the sort of urge you will cultivate, an urge which you may cash in on, an urge which you may cash in on during your response. R. So you have a frustration, something that gets in the way of what you want, and then you have a response, something you do about it, okay? Those frustrating stimuli lead to a response. 
something you do to avoid, shrink, or resolve that frustrating stimuli. Your response can be impulsive and self-sabotaging, increasing the likelihood of a negative result, which takes you further from what you want. And your response can be rational and practical, increasing the likelihood of a positive result where you are closer to what you want. Okay. Now, the result of that response, the result of that response is only part of the story of the outcome. So it's intuitive that a stimulus leads to a response and a response leads to the outcome, but the result is only part of the story of the outcome. The result of that response can be positive or negative. A positive result, you're closer to what you want. A negative result is further from what you want. Now, the other component of the outcome is the outlook on that result. The outlook can be positive or negative. Okay, that creates your outcome. So a stimulus, something gets in the way of what you want. A response is a way you shrink, uh, avoid, or resolve that frustrating stimulus. And then the outcome is the subject, the objective measurable result, and then your objective outlook on that result. Okay, now a result is empirical. A result is empirical. You can measure it. That's what that means. A little shrinky do here. The result is empirical. You can measure it. You can get, you can measurably get closer or further to what you want, okay? And your outlook can also be positive or negative. You can choose to look at this in a way that is, that is, that is helpful. You can choose to look at it in a way that is harmful, essentially, okay? Now, a positive result means you're closer, a negative result means you're further away. Understanding that has practical utility. However, the objective result, what you can measure, it plays second fiddle to the subjective outlook on that result based on your feelings and the perspective you take on the result you get. Now a positive outlook, a positive outlook, okay, if the result is positive or negative, means you have a meaningful, rational, and resilient takeaway, and you will continuously raise the bar with what you're capable of doing and the frustrations you're capable of tolerating therefore, okay? You can learn from success just as you can learn from mistakes. You can be good enough, but you can also be better at the same time. Where a lot of people think, well, if you can be better, you are never good enough. Well, the reality is that you can be both. You can be good enough and you can be better. <laughs> this is the eloquence of scientific thinking, okay? Now, a negative outlook, a negative outlook, whether the result is negative or positive, okay, means you have self-damning, perfectionistic, and self-defeating takeaways. Yes, plenty of people get a positive result, but the result should have been better. It should have been better, okay? Thus nullifying any empirically substantiated progress they do make, okay? Even if you did, even if you get closer to where you want to be, you could still be mad about it <laughs> and then do something that screws it up even more because of it, right? Rigid, black and white, allness and nothingness. If it's not exactly what I wanted, then it's a failure. Everything's a failure. This is a disaster and I can't stand it. Hmm? Therefore, that outcome that outcome can be constructive or destructive. That's so you can have two different total like outcomes in their totality there. They can be outcome, they can be constructive or de destructive. A constructive outcome is where you search purposefully for utility in the results so that you can gain wisdom from today's challenges for tomorrow. Okay? Your impulsivity goes down. You think and act more rationally and scientifically and constructively. Now, your frustration tolerance also goes up, so you can avoid, shrink, and overcome more challenges, harder challenges, more often. 
Just like Dr. Cashy's TKN Transformation Challenge coming up on the 4th, huh? Smartpeoplecomehere.com, yeah? <laughs> okay, the outcome can also be destructive. Now a destructive outcome, a destructive outcome, come on now, that's frustrating. There we go, this turned off. One second, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, the pen is getting funky here because that's what technology does. Perfect, okay. A destructive outcome works as its own frustrating stimulus. So now you have to imagine a fancy, <laughs> a fancy extra arrow coming here. You can see me, I'm poking around. Now, ooh, a little flustered, excuse me, okay? The outcome acts as its own frustrating stimulus. So that O then connects to the S again. That's what ends up happening, which means you're more and more likely to upset yourself <laughs> about the same stuff and then act impulsively and in a self-sabotaging way. This in a nutshell is how a relatively minor annoyance, a practical problem turns into a long-term emotional disturbance. Okay. Now, how does that stuff happen? Where does all this stuff tie in? Well, it ties in because of the glue holding humanity together. The BS, your BS, your belief system. Okay. Now imagine this pen was working and the triangle was pulled to the center of the diagram and BS was drawn in there, okay? Your belief system has two separate parts, each interacting with each other at the same time, okay? Throughout history, these parts have had different names, right? But one thing is pretty clear across thousands of years and across cultures and across disciplines, there are consistently two parts. In the context of the SRO model, there's the rational, flexible, and scientific part. And the other part is the distorted, rigid, and impulsive part. The part of Dr. Cashew that wants to take this desk, throw it out the window, and blow it up. Okay? Now, many of these things are on the, people think they're on the opposite side of the same continuum, right? Where you have the rational, flexible, and scientific thinking on one side, and the rigid, impulsive thinking on the other side. The reality is that they exist at the same time and they're consistently doing a check and balance with each other. Why? Because they do. Because they do. Humans will human. Okay. Do something too fast and brash, you'll slip up, make a fatal mistake, and end up somebody else's or something else's lunch. Hmm? Take too long trying to be smart, you'll be paralyzed in your thoughts. You'll end up somebody or something else's lunch. Okay. So there is most assuredly a biological component to the two-part cognitive experiential system, as it is so lovingly called, depending on the type of you know, pocket-protecting nerd you're talking to. And as Nobel Prize winner Daniel Kahneman, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, hinted there are benefits to thinking fast and impulsively, therefore, and there are benefits to thinking slow and rationally, therefore. Dr. Cashy needs to use this computer tomorrow, so blowing it up with his years of chemistry education will cause more problems than it solves. Aha. So a perfect example. <laughs> Contemporarily, these issues arise when there are too many distorted beliefs influencing thoughts, feelings, and urges. Then there are rational beliefs influencing thoughts, feelings, and urges, or rational beliefs that do exist. If they are equal in number to the distorted beliefs, they're often vetoed mostly because of frustration and stress in favor of impulsivity. If Dr. Cash's computer failed every day for 50 days in a row, each day he's more likely to nuke it, <laughs> right? Ever want to do something dumb and you know it's dumb 
and you do it anyway, and then you get mad at yourself for it. That's partly why. That's partly why. Now, TKN uses the term belief system because it is indeed schematic. Okay, it's reasonably and practically represented as a diagram. What if there's a? Ooh, I have a. I have an emergency one here since the pen is broken. TKN uses the belief system because it is schematic, right? You can draw it practically represented as a diagram, hence the SRO model, okay? The distorted parts of the BS, typically a perfectionistic demand of yourself and how you should eat, how you need to exercise, how you must look, set, set up harmful standards that you indubitably fail to meet. You indubitably fall short, you indubitably fail. These are harmful standards and these harmful standards act as their own frustrating stimuli. This is me drawing on it now, okay? They act as their own frustrating stimuli, so the outcome acts as its own frustrating stimulus, thus promoting more self-sabotage. In this case, the belief is considered a distorted belief because holding that belief or collection of beliefs, say it one more time. In this case, in TKN's perspective, the SRO perspective, a belief is considered a distorted belief because holding that belief or collection of beliefs routinely leads to destructive outcomes and is thus in conflict with what you want. In essence, if you, what you want is in conflict with what you believe, then that's a recipe for frustration, misery, and self-sabotage. That's what TKN is for, to decrease the weight of rigid, distorted, and, and impulsive beliefs and put the emphasis back on rational, flexible, and scientific thinking so that you can transition from self-sabotaging to self-determining and self-motivating, okay? In such cases, your outcomes will also indubitably be more and more constructive, which means you consistently do more of the things you like doing, you are better at doing it, and overcome the more frequent and more challenging challenges that present themselves, and you can avoid, shrink, and overcome them so that you can take on bigger and badder and better things, especially if food makes you frustrated, especially if eating makes you feel guilty, and especially if your body makes you feel anxious and self-conscious. Thank you for learning. Stay rational. <laughs> Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!